Welcome to the latest edition of the Outlaws of Horror podcast. This presentation was brought to you in association with Weekend of the Dead. Please enjoy this special production as the Outlaws of Horror and Weekend of the Dead presents Countdown of the Dead. Hey everybody, welcome to an extra special Outlaws of Horror podcast. Today's episode, we are joined by the Weekend of the Dead team, and this is going to be an extra special one. But before we proceed, let me just introduce my co-host for the day. Nice to meet you guys. Outlaw Colin here. And our extra special guests. Alan Hall, Weekend of the Dead, and Marcus Lewis, Weekend of the Dead. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on this um, edition. This is probably going to be a couple of podcasts, to say the least, because we have got something pretty amazing to go through and i'm really really looking forward to this um so marcus please can you just start off by telling us why we're here and what we're doing in this podcast today yeah sure no thanks paul um basically what happened was uh, about a month or so ago there was a post put on the weekend of the dead page and it brought up i think something like the top 17 top 20 zombie films to say it was disappointing is probably being quite um, generous with it. It was very disappointing. Day of the Dead didn't make the top 20, and I think we all kind of ripped it a little bit, and it got conversations going about, well, what's your top 20? And so we took it a little bit more serious, and we thought with lockdown coming along and people being at loose ends, and it would be great to ask the fans, what is your top 20? And while we put it out there, we gave it a good week or so for people to do a vote. We had a great response to it. And what we said was, if you picked Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead as your top vote, number one, that would pick up 20 points. And then each position would, so second would get 19, third would get 18 and so on until you got to 20th position, which would pick up one point. We ended up with about 170 odd different films being uh, voted on and to to which then we've kind of uh, in conjunction with talking with you guys have congealed it down to 60 fantastic zombie films and with that we're going to have some honorable mentions there's about six to eight of those and then I'm going to bring in Alan to talk about one of the honorable men- uh, honorable um, mentions because when we were in America uh, last year, Alan came along with me to Tom Savini's house. We were very fortunate to go and see him in his in his environment. And there was so much to see in that house. And Tom would point something out. And I have to admit, along with David Berman, who was with us, we didn't have a clue at some of the stuff we were looking at. And Alan, probably 80% plus, he knew the answer to things. And Tom picked up on this. And so in this top 60... There are a lot of films in there that I don't know about. I'm sure you two don't know about, but Alan has got a pretty good damn idea about them. So he's our little expert on the panel, so to speak. So would you like me to kick off with these honourable mentions? Go for yes, it. please. Okay, honourable mentions. So just outside of the top 60. So we're talking by about one or two points. These, these films didn't make it. Zombie Lake, Fido, Demons, Bride of Reanimator, Pet Cemetery, Messiah of Evil, I Walked with a Zombie, Tales of the Crypt, Dead Snow 2, Juan of the Dead, I Am Legend, and Leo Dead. And we're going to come back and chat about one of those films, Messiah of Evil, and that's over to Alan. Hi, everybody. Um, I voted for Messiah of Evil because it's such a cool film, and I think it was about number 10 in my list. Um, It's a 1974 independent American horror movie. Um, directed by William Hayek and Gloria Katz, 
who actually went on to work with George Lucas eventually, um, scripting um, Indiana Jones and the Raid, uh, Lost Temple. So um, it gives you an idea of the pedigree of the people involved. Uh, basically, it's a very atmospheric zombie movie. Um, a young girl's father mysteriously disappears in a um, bleak coastal town, so she goes in search of him. Um, she arrives and nobody claims to know the father, even though there's evidence that they do. Um, on the way back to his flat um, um, apartment, they uh, are met by a, a rat-eating albino who sort of sets the scene for weirdness, you know, in his, his pickup truck, and it's a typical hick in a hick, uh, pickup truck, essentially. Um, but as the film progresses, we see that it, there is an undead element in the town as well, which is connected legend of a, a messiah coming from the sea um as we go on we get more and more of an impression that there are zombies there there's a fantastic scene in a cinema where one of the heroines sits in an empty cinema and then gradually the zombies filter in and sit next to her and this absolutely freaks her out and to be honest it freaks us out as well because it's so well done um, so really, I, you know, I cannot recommend this film enough. It's um, very, very original, very atmospheric, and um, really does zombie action. What year did you say the film was, Alan? 1974. Okay. Does it look kind of dated? Does it look like a 70s film, or is it...? It's a definite 70s film, yeah, without a doubt. You know, it's got uh, bleak endings, you know, realistic characters, people die in it that you don't expect to die, you know, all the sort of things you love about 70s movies. Anything can happen. There's the honourable mention. That's a decent honourable mention, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, okay, right. Well, lads, if we're ready for this, we've got a top 60. They're sat in front of us. We've got our lists ready to go. So um, let's move on, shall we? Number 60 with 27 points. The dead. Don't die. Okay, so let's start with number 60 with 27 points. Um, the Dead Don't Die, which was a 2019 release. Um, epic all-star cast. Um, Bill Murray, Adam Driver from uh, Star Wars. And the, the summary is a peaceful town of Centerville finding itself battling a zombie horde as the dead start rising from their graves. Now... I've seen this. I own it. Um, I really like it. Uh, what do you guys think? I haven't seen it, and I want to see it. But because I'm a huge Bill Murray fan, I think he's great. I loved him in Zombieland. His little cameo in that. So I'd like to see it. I but haven't I, seen it. I think I probably should, but I was put off by a lot of the reviews, which is a very bad thing to do. I must admit, you shouldn't go down that road. So I will definitely make an effort to see it. Good to see it's made the top sixty, I guess, because. I didn't think it would. What about you, Alan? Again, like the others, it's one that I've not seen. And uh, certainly in the chats we've had about it, I think it's definitely one to catch and uh, make an opinion on without a doubt. So I, I saw I saw the reviews and I also went against Colin's advice of avoid um, and ended up buying it. And, and I liked it, but I could see where the negative comments came from because it, it's very, very... One of the things I love about it is straight away um, in the movie... There's like a, a nerd shop, and the minute you walk in there, everything is Romero. It's tributes to Night, Dawn, Day straight away. Mm -hmm. um, the Adam Driver character, I think one of the things that annoys the viewing public is in the film, he does break the fourth wall. Um, and it's a very slow movie because it's about the emergence of this slow, boring hick tower where they get coffee and donuts, and all of a sudden these 
zombie people start coming out from their graves and um one of the sheriff doesn't think it's too big a problem whereas the other guy goes it's really going to end badly and he goes how do you know well it's in the script that kind of does put a few trips and bumps over something that if they would have kept the fourth wall closed it probably would have played out better mm. but in saying that it kind of also adds to the film as gives it a different dynamic um as as a group of characters and the cast i still loved it because it's got iggy pop um eating people to death and lots of famous iconic actors um from the 80s um and yeah it doesn't take itself too seriously you only got five and a half on imdb but i personally would probably give it a seven and a half so um for me i'm i'm going to give it a thumbs up and check it out as far as a top 60 entry i think it's a decent there's no running zombies in it so it's definitely decent well I it's it out, about 14 million it made and i think because everybody's thinking that the film's not going to be that great your expectations yeah. when you watch it is not going to be you're going to think it's not that good yeah. so i think on viewing i think we'll all be pleasantly surprised so i'm going to give it one of those with a hope that it's that yeah i think that's a fair shout um what do you guys think are you going to just leave it at that for now or? no i'm going to go that i'm, I'm going to go think, yeah. maybe it's something to definitely think about yeah, it should do it's, yeah. it's on it's on itunes now so um it's definitely well worth watching anyway right so i'm going i'm going that the lads are going that let's move on is it worth noting very quickly to the viewers that once we've reviewed all of these the films that we agree that we haven't seen yeah we're going to watch them and come back and talk about them definitely yes. yeah definitely yeah. totally agree right mm. so let's move on to the next one Number 59, with 28 points, Shockwaves. Okay, so now on the next one, we go straight on to a movie called Shockwaves. So this was 1977. Uh, has anybody seen it? I haven't seen it. Yes. I've seen it. I've yes, seen, seen it. it. And we better mention about the point system as well. This has got uh, 28 points, and I think the film before that was 27 points, just so to mention. Yes. But yes, I've seen it. It's 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 got Nazi zombies. Oh, the made. Not <laughs> only that, it's got Nazi zombies. It's got Peter Cushing as an SS general, and John Carradine in it too. Oh my god! Nice. It's in the Florida swamps. It tells the story of a lost SS supergroup that have disappeared, and may or may not be zombies. Mm. And as the film goes on, we. Definitely zombies, and our friend Mr. Cushing has a lot more knowledge about it than he's letting on to stranded people in the swamps. Built based on a ship as well, isn't it? Something to do with a ship? Is that yes? Yeah, so, so the heroes come in on a ship, so it's um, basically shipwrecks. And um, again, I think our zombies are from a shipwreck, but again, they uh, rise from the swamps quite atmospherically throughout the film. Yeah, the, the summary is visitors to a remote island discover that a reclusive Nazi commandant has been breeding a group of zombie soldiers. So it should have won an Oscar. Let's just put it there. Um, um, in, in the world of, of Paul Meenan, if you take Nazis and zombies, it's Oscar nomination material. No, I cannot get enough. It's the winning combination. Point. And at some point I will vent um, about Red Snow 2 getting only an honourable mention when it should be in the top 10. But there you go. <laughs> Um, okay, so what do we think? I'm definitely going to give it a thumbs up straight away because it yeah. it can't be bad. No, it can't be. It's it's, it's got Peter Cushing as well. So 
I watched it back in the 80s and I need to view it again. So I'm here with hopefully that there. I'm going to watch it. So it yeah. is on Amazon Prime. You have to pay for it, though, or you can rent it. But I will. Um, it will go on my list of definitely stuff to watch. I'll definitely be adding it to the to-do list. Yeah, definitely. Okie doke. Right, so, moving on. Number 58 with 29 points outpost. Okay, so in at number 58 is a movie called Outpost, which was made in 2008, and that has 29 points in the top 60 so very close one point between them um i haven't seen this yet i've seen the trailer that's about it it's um on my list of things to watch what do you guys think any of you guys seen it well it had the special formula for you didn't it paul it does yes yes it's in war-torn eastern europe extra points that a weary you. group of mercenaries discover a long hidden abandoned world war ii bunker you're going to have Nazi zombies. Mm. So even <laughs> if the acting is awful, I mean Sharknado awful, it doesn't matter. I need to revisit it again. I mean, again, I think I watched it once and uh, I just can't remember anything about it. So it couldn't have left an lasting impression on me. But so, it does have the formula that you want, Paul. I, I will say that from the trailer, the acting is a little bit wooden in places. Um, but it got 5.8 on IMDb and anything over five means it's not crap. In in my world, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a thumbs to that. Once I get to watch it, it's on Prime, but you have got to pay for it again. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping Looks like it's good. getting to yeah. yeah. I, I'll give it that because I've seen it and I did enjoy it. I'm oh okay. So what did you think, Alan? Your collection, Alan. What did you think? It's yes, in my collection again. Um, the draw really was the zombie general on the front cover, glaring out of the shelves at me. It just said, buy me. <laughs> That's all you need, isn't it? That's all oh, you need. It's in Alan's collection. The, it's the, the current, current day. There you go. I oh. have seen his collection. It's pretty impressive. There you go. If it's in Alan's collection, you must buy it. That's a, it's a legally binding uh, order here. That is the rule. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're all very positive on that one, in all fairness. Okay, so we'll move on, shall we? Number 57 with 31 points, Colin. Okay, right. Number 57. Now, this is a special one in my heart because it's named after my closest and dearest friend, Colin. Colin, would you like, have you seen this by any I, weird chance? I have seen this. Uh, and not just because I share the name of the lead character, but because it's a zombie film. And it's a zombie film with a bit of a twist uh, because this one is uh, one that follows the perspective of the zombie. Colin, the title character, is a zombie and we follow him around as he uh, begins his life as a zombie uh this movie had a budget if i said it was 50 pounds i think i'm slightly over egging it but we'll just round it around there because that's still an astonishing figure 40, to, 40 to make any pounds it's an astonishing amount of money to you know to try to make a film on uh I'm not going to lie. You can see that, you know, it's ultra, it's ultra low budget. You can, that's clear to see, but there's passion and there's heart in this project. Uh, from what I understand uh, of the project, the director basically recruited all his friends, all his family to do all the necessary jobs that they could do. 
uh, and they all chipped in, and they had to come up with a really good project. Uh, I haven't seen it in a while, I'll be honest, but I'm not too sure it's that easy to get hold of. I mean, now with the abundance of the streaming services, uh, it might be, but of course, when it came out back in 2008, we didn't have the Netflixes and the Amazons and the Shudders of this world. I'll I'll have to dig in to those and try to find it. But uh, what sticks with me, even though it's been a long time since I've seen it, is uh, the music, the score, I thought was great, very powerful. Uh, I haven't confirmed this. I will try to confirm this maybe for our revisit show. Uh, I believe it was made around about where I grew up. I certainly recognised or seemed to recognise a lot of the places. It was, you know, there was a couple of scenes on estates in where I grew up, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So that was another thing that, that kind of stuck with me. But it, but it was just the whole package, you know, the, the perspective of uh, the zombie being quite unique, certainly at the time it was made, uh, the ultra-low budget, uh, you know, the just uh, for me it's just big thumbs up because I really liked it and I'm definitely trying to revisit it. And I'm so glad it's made the top... The top 60, I mean, I voted for it, but uh, I don't think it was in my top 10. So, you know, we just score single figures from me. So obviously some other people have voted for it. It got uh, what, 31 points. So that's at least that's at least four people. I guess probably if they've stuck it in their, not their top 10, but they've stuck it in their top 20. So all good. So just on that, um, for those watching, um, it is available on Amazon Prime to watch. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, eventually what I'll do is, is I'll see if I can find any footage of our Colin drunk to recreate that <laughs> which I'm sure I've seen this film many a time so when oh. I watch it I'll just go yeah I know where Colin grew up and I've seen him drunk so um, all such footage has been expunged from the internet uh, not, from my, not from my hard drives it hasn't <laughs> I haven't seen this and I haven't seen Colin completely wasted so I'm going to give it that for now until I do yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it that as well until I actually see it. Yeah, um, but on the budget, literally, my God, um, I'm oh, expecting. Um, wow, what an effort to make an entire film um, based on that budget. Eh? If I remember rightly, and I will check. This, I should have done some homework. I appreciate. It. I will check this out. I believe it reached such a status that the guys that made it found themselves doing some sort of signing in quite a flagship H and V store. That's a memory I've got from when it when it when it was doing the sort of rounds. It did quite wow. sort of hit the heady heights, yeah. So it had a cult status for a while then. Yeah, it's a obviously bit, got yeah. a niche following. That's fair enough. Okay, well I'm looking forward to to watching this one at some point in the near future. Um, shall we move on? Number fifty six with thirty two points versus. And in number 56 now, we have a film called Versus, which I believe is 2000. And it's a, is it a Japanese film? $10,000 budget. And I knew nothing about this film, so I had to do a little bit of digging around. It's something to do with like a regeneration type forest. And I saw the trailer for this not so long ago, and it, and it sort of, it's, it's, Obviously, it looks like it's got martial arts, people fighting in the woods and zombies. And so, and, and you know, it's it's got, what is it, 32 points in our chart. There's some people that like it. Well, it's got 6.4 points, uh, 6.4 on IMDb stars. Mm. And its summary says, and I love the summary because it says there are 666 portals that connect this world to the other side. 
these are concealed from all human beings, but somewhere in Japan exists the 444th portal, the Forest of Resurrection. So you can see shit's going to go down, and it's going to it's going to be like zombie ninjas and all. I I want to watch this. I love all these Japanese films. Yeah, subtitles or not, it's got to be yeah. watched. The, yeah, I the think they've got so much imagination yeah. and fun wrapped up in a bundle, haven't they? So they're well worth seeing. Generally, the Far East, you're never going to go wrong, whether it's, you know, J-horror or action. Or, oh, yeah. You know, the, yeah. Japanese and the Koreans are really, like, doing such great work at the moment. But I have to admit, when I was watching the trailer, it didn't grip me. It didn't make me go, oh, do you know what? Watching that makes me want to watch it. But that's what this is all about. It's about seeing what people like and what people are looking for in a film. And yeah. so I definitely will go like that because I can't go down. I'm going to sit in the middle as well because I think this one... Is yeah. um is definitely one to watch. To be honest yeah, with I you. think so. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I personally love the Japanese stuff. I'm a big fan of the IP Man franchise, which are just masterpieces yeah. in action, story, and scoring in every awesome. way. Yeah, the Wade um, films again, brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Right. Okay. Well, that looks definitely one to watch, and hopefully we'll catch up on the um the future episode where we we've, we've actually watched it. So let's move on, shall we? Number 55, with 33 points, Before Dawn. Okay, so our next one is... Uh, our next one is a film called Before Dawn, at number 55, with 33 points. Still one point between all of these. Um, Before Dawn, now, this sounds familiar to me, um, Colin. We spoke about this before somewhere, haven't we? It's ringing a faint bell. Yeah, I think it may have come up we, in a previous show. We we've spoke. You've probably spoken about it because I think maybe through Tony Earnshaw. Yes, Tony people, Earnshaw. They, they championed this film. He mentioned it to me and said, look, you've got to watch this. Dominic Brunt's in it. And for those people that don't know who Dominic Brunt is, he is he plays Paddy in um, Emmerdale. And my wife uh, loves all of that, and she's friends with him on Facebook. And he is a big fan of zombie films. And I think through Pete Trigg also uh, mentioned this film through the Leeds Film Festival, is it called, Alan? Yeah, Leeds Film Festival. Uh, zombie Festival. Zombie Festival. Yeah. They mentioned about Before Dawn. So I, I have actually seen it. And I hope Paul's got some sort of storyline there to focus. It's something to do with a cottage. Two people go away in a cottage, and, and that's sort of all I can remember of it. I've got a summary. An estranged couple's vacation um, to save their troubled relationship goes awry when they find themselves under attack from The Walking Dead. But there is a fantastic user, user review, which got quite a high rating, and, and it's quite funny, so I'd like to read it out. A couple rent a cottage in Yorkshire as an attempt to rekindle their failing marriage. For 45 minutes, you are trapped in that cottage with them and nothing happens except for an argument about the Great Wall of China. This is not character development. When the zombies turn up, they bark and snarl like Yorkshire Terriers to make them look jerky. They simply remove some frames from the film. Oh, dear. It absolutely pans it. Um, uh -oh. But but IMDb, in fairness, is giving it a 4.8. Which is just, it's worth what, and also, um, it's been nominated to us by Tony Earnshaw, who's a zombie voice in it, as well as actually credited as a zombie voice. So I, I think it's, I think it's just going to be one of those um, small British-made films that will generally surprise you, to be perfectly yeah. honest. I think from what I remember of it, it was quite a fun watch. It was uh, 
seeing who you could recognise in the film from from obviously the people that they pulled in from say the soaps that they that they've been involved in because um, I think there's more than Dominic's from it. There's another character from Emma Dale that's in there as well, but I, his name uh, escapes me. But uh, I certainly didn't turn it off. I was quite happy to watch it, and it was a couple of years I saw it. Uh, a couple of years ago, I saw it, so it was okay. It was okay. I just have to point out that the Emmerdale reference means absolutely nothing to me, just to clear that up. But if but if cast members of Emmerdale are starting to make zombie films, maybe I do need to check out what's going on in that show. So, so yeah, I'm, we'll... I hold it against him. I actually <laughs> think this to me looks uh, from what I saw, because I've, I've seen the trailer of it. Um, this looks like an, uh, um, a variation on Eden Lake. I don't know if anybody's seen oh, Eden Lake, which is Michael Fassbender. Yeah, that, that is a first-rate film. It's a. T- I, I genuinely cannot watch that film. It's so disturbing. I a movie. I can't deal with the end of that film. I yeah, I know it's disturbing. But this, this kind of. I think they probably tried to have that same sort of tense scariness. You mm. know, what's the outcome going to be? So I'm going to. I'm going to go like that, and I'm going to say based on the nomination and the yeah, people we know in it, um, we'll give it a go, and hopefully it'll be a thumbs yeah. up. Fingers crossed. Right, where uh, are yeah, we? Eden Lake, the way you guys have been talking about that, I've not seen that. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's very, very good. It's oh, very it's, good, but the end will leave you scarred. Yeah, maybe for life. I was, yeah. you, my my missus can't. My missus is the only film she can't watch at all. She watched it once and she refuses to ever watch it again. It and really I, gave her nightmares. I actually can't blame her. And I'm There's a non-rule mention, watch, although it's not zombie. Yeah, I'm willing to watch, you know, well, we all are willing to pretty much watch people go through all manner of horrendous things. But yeah, the end of that film, wow, it just done me. Right, let's, let's move on, shall we? Number 54 with 35 points, Carnival of Souls. Okay, so next um, is a film called Carnival of Souls. I'm going to assume the 1962 version. Um, and I've seen the trailer for this, and this visually looks amazing. Um, it is on Prime. You have to buy it, though, or rent it. Um, it's got 7.1 on IMDb. Has anybody seen it here? Yes. Mm. And indeed, I voted for it in the top 10. Um, it actually was my number 10. Um as Paul said, 1962, black and white, obviously. But I think on the whole, it must have been highly influential to many people in the film industry. And certainly a certain Mr. George A. Romero must have seen it at some point, I think. Um, it tells the story of Mary, who is a church organist who's traveling to her new job in a church. On the way, she gets this strange calling to go to an abandoned seaside pavilion once she's there, she starts meeting ghouls, which appear out of the dark. And you get, it's one of those films where you get a sense of real claustrophobia. Everywhere Mary turns, there's either a ghoul or a blocked door. So she's in this pavilion and she cannot get out. And it just builds and builds and builds on that. So really worth seeing. And again, I think, you know, it's got to be one of those most influential horror films ever made. Wow. Sounds interesting. I mean, uh, definitely, yeah. Film, Alan. You know, it's it's obviously film. Did you say it's black and white? Black and white, yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, that gives it that extra creepiness. I think you know anything that's shot well in black and white always looks creepy. Um, yes. 
It's got a great organ accompaniment soundtrack as well, which is very sort of on the spooky end of life. So, um, you know, it's one of those films where doors creak and um, the wind moans. So definitely worth seeing. Well, it got 35 points, so it jumped two points yeah. from the last entry. Um, okay. I've seen the trailer. It's definitely one that I, I have highlighted as one I must watch. Um, but yeah, so I am gonna I'm gonna give it a thumbs in the middle because I'm loving the black and white classics at the yeah. moment, and oh, I'm hoping gonna, it's gonna go up. Like an unreserved thumbs up. Right there you go. So mm. that's definitely cool. one to watch. Okay, let's move on. Number fifty three with thirty six points. Last man on earth. Right now, drum roll. Number fifty three in with thirty six points is a film called The Last Man on Earth. Now, this is the 1964 uh, version. I actually watched this yesterday, um, and oh. it is awesome. Vincent Price, straight away, hello. Vincent Price, in a black-and-white classic, is available for free on Amazon Prime. There is a colour um, remastered version. Don't even waste your time. It's just an awful, awful copy. Um, and this, when I watched this... As, as Alan said in the previous one, you can tell George Romero has watched this as well, because this I watched and I thought they're, they're supposed to be vampires. They're more ghouls than they are vampires, as far as I'm concerned. The, the ending, because they act like um, ghouls, although they do talk, which is a bit weird, and use weapons, which is even weirder. Um, but, yeah, I know. Um, you can forgive, but, we have seen it. We didn't ghouls. have a definition. We didn't have a benchmark for it. But the ending, I love. And I'm sorry, this was remade into I Am Legend. It's based on the same book as what I Am Legend, Will Smith. Yeah. I've seen both, and this is a masterpiece. It got 6.9 on IMDb. That should be an 8.9. It's amazing. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Paul. It's an, another one of those bona fide classics. Um, as you say, Vincent Price is incredible in it. Oh, yeah. I think the ghouls, zombies, whatever you want to call it, are really well portrayed. Again, they only come out at night, so you're getting that mm. old creepy nighttime vibe again. Um, brilliant. And, and they do look like you could take some of those ghouls and put them straight at night and living dead as well. Easily. That's the yeah. one thing that I saw about that film. I was like, I, I at one point I was thinking, wow, this is incredibly common with Night and Living Dead. So you can see Romero, you can see the films that have influenced him. Mm. Definitely, because if, if I was Romero, I would have took that look because they are for all intentional purposes, zombies, ghouls, whatever. Yeah. Um, I just get a bit confused as to how they're vampires, but I don't want to ruin the ending. The well, ending... It's all part of this cool. evolution of zombies. Yes. Um, from the 30s, we've seen them as slaves who are in control by masters. We're coming into the 60s, and they're starting to get a little bit more interesting. You know, they might be ghouls, they might be the undead, they might be vampires, but they all enjoy chowing down on humans yes and it wasn't clearly defined in them days but but you're right vincent price's turn in that film is mesmerizing and one thing i love is is he narrates his thoughts yes. now vincent price is so charismatic and narrating his own thoughts is absolutely off the charts especially towards the end where they're doing all the chasing and the run it's just a masterpiece. I, I watched it on sunday at lunchtime and even my missus came into the room and didn't switch it off and watched it absolute masterpiece stay away from the color version it's rubbish they haven't even formatted it correctly they've ruined it but the black and white is a total thumbs up for me i'm definitely going to be seeing yeah. this then with a view of that yeah, yeah. yeah. i'm going to 
definitely going to check it out on Amazon Prime. Me yeah, too. It's... Oh, that's very fresh review. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Right. So let's move on. Number 52 with 37 points. Paranorman. Okay. So the next one we have on the top 60 list is in at 52 with 37 points is a film called Paranorman. Oh, I'm, 2012. So, I'm so happy this film. <laughs> no idea. Look, it didn't make my top 20, but it so deserves to be in the top 60. This is, when you look at all the films throughout the top 60, all the top 170-odd films, this is a film that just stands alone on its own. Now, you think, well, it's a kid's film. It's it's very dark. It's very Tim Burton-ish. Uh, it had a $60 million budget. And would you believe it? It made over $107 million at the box office. So this is no film to be shunned. You know, don't be put off by the fact that it's, it's like a kid's movie. It's really cool. It's basically about a little lad who sees ghosts. So I think it had a huge influence from The Sixth Sense. And he... Basically, there's a little girl that keeps haunting him or, or trying to communicate with him. And he's scared of her, but she's trying to obviously tell him something, which is what seemed to be the basis of most ghost films. But I think the bit about the zombies is there are five or six other ghost zombies that come out the ground and come after Norman. And he's really afraid of them. But again, without giving away too much they're trying to talk to him and there's lots of humor in it very much typical you know the pixar side thing where you get the adult humor that appeals to us but the animation which appeals to the kids i think this is why it did so well in the box office cracking cracking film i hope one of you've seen it i've seen footage of it i think it must have been a bit of a trailer or 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 a bit of a supercut of it and I, I do want to see it. I, I do want to see it. And I'm really surprised, but happy to see it in the top 60. And what did uh, come out of me straight away, it has that Tim Burton-esque, The Corpse Bride, The Nightmare Before Christmas kind of feel to it. So I, although it's probably marketed as and able to be watched by kids, I think adults would probably enjoy it, especially if you like that whole Tim Burton world, you know, mixed in with a bit of horror as well i think you probably you probably like it so i'm going for a sort of three quarter up because i'm definitely gonna make an effort to go and see it hang on a minute can you classify a cartoon as a horror movie yes yeah, certainly yeah, can. Playing Devil's Advocate. definitely, definitely. <laughs> well evidently because it's in the top 60 it is. Um, yeah. i didn't yeah. be blamed for the votes but i smart when i saw it coming through and seeing people vote for it I just, it was a big smile. I thought, that's great. I can see why people have voted for it. 37 points is really respectable in the chart. Being at 52 is really respectable. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a, there is a lot of fun there. The characters are really funny. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a good watch, you know. It's not the best zombie film out there, but it's a different zombie film. Well, it's got seven stars on IMDb. It's got some A-list mm. uh, actors as the voice stars. It was released in 3D. I have to say, I've watched a trailer of it, and the trailer did make me laugh because there's this guy in the alleyway trying to get something from a machine, <laughs> and these zombies jump him, and he screams and runs away, then comes back, screams again, and then grabs his packet of crisps, <laughs> and then runs away. So it's definitely got humour in yeah. it, and I will definitely watch it with the view of going from there to there. Um, to be honest with you, but it, you have to buy it on Amazon or iTunes. It's not, 
Can you name the actors that were there, Paul? Who's in it? I mean, I've, um, I've, I've Cody got... Schmidt, McPhee, Anna Kendrick, Christopher Mintz, Plasse. Um, it's got quite a few of them. They've done. They they do loads of uh, Sandra Babcock, Perry Babcock, um, Elaine Stritch, Jeff Garland, Leslie Mann, um, Bernard Hill, um, John Goodman. Oh, cool. Isn't it? Yeah, Mintz is great in the Kickass films. He's yeah, he is great. Yes. he's the the mother bleeper, isn't he? Yes, yes in the he Kickass is. movies. He's got a great cartoon voice, though, isn't he? Yeah. I think if you just want something different, something that's not your standard normal thing, I think this is it. This is the, this is the one where you just switch off, sit back with your popcorn and your beer, and just enjoy it. It's fun. Fair enough. Probably a good way to get your kids interested in the whole genre as well. Probably a good entry level for them. Absolutely. Sure. Colin, you'll be scaring your children in no time with this um, film. Traumatising them. My son was watching Aliens while in his crib. Well, no time there. <laughs> right, okay, let's um let's move on, shall we? Number fifty one with thirty-eight points. Girl with all the gifts. Okay, right. So at number fifty-one, um, this is one I've never heard of. Um it's got a thirty-eight points and it's called The Girl with All the Gifts. I like um, this movie. I like, I'm surprised you haven't heard of it, Paul. It's a good English zombie film set in the UK post-apocalyptic uh, type event. I, mean, I don't think it's fully explored, but there's like a fungal type infection that causes people to become rabid, infected, Whoa. hungry zombies. The, the, the hungry. summary for it is a scientist and a teacher living in a dystopian future embark on a journey of survival with a special young girl named Melanie. It's got 6.6 stars, so it can't be bad. I've just, I've never heard of it. Good turn by, by Glenn Close. You wouldn't expect to maybe see no. in that sort of, uh, sort of movie. I mean, I'm going to open it up to the, you guys, but I, I thought it was really good. And I, I wasn't that long ago. I gave it a rewatch. Uh, there's a great scene near the start where the army encampment, is overrun and they have to escape uh, a lot of good action there it is running zombie so i know that might cause uh, some uh disputes but i like so it I think it's scientifically good. it's possible but there you go well I, I, you know. I, it's only uh, let me let me try again it's budget and uh, not its budget it's box off it crashed about just over four million i think it made so it, in the grand scheme of things that's seen as a bit of a flop but the film itself actually i agree with colin it's got those elements that are, you can you, there's something in there that you can like um if i remember right it's about school kids that have got these like masks on to stop them from attack so that you can converse with these zombies but when there's some blood in the room or something somebody cuts or injures themselves it sends them into a frenzy and they they go for it and so it's kind of with the kind of in wheelchairs sort of thing aren't they and yeah and Glenn Close's character is using them for experiments because obviously she's trying to understand if they can eradicate this infection. So uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but from a group of kids, every other night, one just kind of disappears. And that's a whole little plot line as well, which is quite good. Well, it's got Paddy Constantine in it, who is He's just good. brilliant in everything he does. Mm -hmm. It's got Gemma Arterton in it as well, which yeah. is a bit of a surprise. And Glenn Close. So it's it's not... It's not something that you wouldn't recognise the people in the film. Um, I've put it on my list of stuff to watch. It got 38 points. Um, I think for me, I'm just going to give it a thumbs in the middle, hoping it'll be a thumbs up or, um, I'll, yeah, I'm just going to... I'm going thumbs up. I'm going to go 
in between it. <laughs> oh, Marcus, what are you doing? Come on, 45 thumb. I really thumb. wanted to love this film, but I think there was just... I always found that zombies that you can't communicate with are the scariest ones. And when these ones were talking, mm. like, Wah. but the bits like uh, uh, Colin mentioned about the army camp being overrun, that was a really cool scene in there. And, and there are some really good elements to this film. So I think if you can get over the fact that, you know, they're trying to, I don't know, educate the zombies and do so. It's a, it, look, they were trying to be different and they certainly were different. Fair enough. What do you think, Alan? Are you going to... Again, it's one that has totally missed my radar, so I'm going to have to go yeah, that way. Based on everybody's enthusiastic comments about it, I must see it. Okie doke. Right, so let's move on, shall we? Number 50 with 39 points. Wreck 2. We are at our number 50, and I'm glad to see this in the list because it's it's a personal favourite of mine. Uh, it's a subtitled film, so again, I'm quite glad that they're getting represented well. Uh, this is Wreck 2, and it makes the uh, league with a respectable 39 points. Now, I've seen this, uh, and it's going to be a little bit difficult to get into in a lot of depth because uh, it does what I think is a good feature of some horror sequels. It picks up immediately from where the first one left off, uh, which I've always thought is a good little feature because uh, it means you can do a nice double bill and it's like one long film. Uh, it's Spanish. Uh, it's a bit of a fan footage genre as well, so that may that's going to cause people to either love it or loathe it, I guess. Uh, our little synopsis is that it's... Uh, Detailed as a film that's uh, plotted around uh, infection within an apartment building. Uh, in order to ascertain the current situation inside, bear in mind this is the sequel, of course, a supposed medical officer and a GEO team step into the quarantined and ill-fated apartment building. Uh, it goes off in a couple of different directions regarding the source or the origins of the infections and the zombies. Uh, but I like it. Anyone else seen this? Anyone else want to go into the pot? Oh, great. Alan, what do you reckon? Again, I, I think it is a very logical follow-on to Wreck. Um, as you say, it does go into some very nice sort of um, left-field left areas, basically, and uh, we do find out the source of infection, and it's through mm -hmm. Satanism and demonic mm -hmm. possession. So, again, it's slightly different again, but um, it gives you um, a really good uh, film, and obviously... Yeah. You know, being set in this um, tenement block as such, again, you get that claustrophobic feeling. You do, I think, you know, and that's used to good effect. The stairs, there's, you know, many, many places you could be attacked by a zombie, basically. Yeah, I think they play that up really well, you know. That's, uh... Uh, it gets respectable 6.5. Uh, just dropping back onto Alan's point, there's, there's some sort of uh, finale scenes in a penthouse apartment that is uh, just completely black, and that allows for some good jump scares and some other good little features so uh i certainly like it and i would certainly recommend it i think you know 2009 movie made just over 18 and a half million dollars box office i think wreck did a lot lot better um people should not agree with uh colin you know spanish or any subtitled film uh should never be put off there's some absolute cracking films out there that people i think overlook when they think about subtitles, you know, films like The Horde, uh, Train to Be Sand, you know, a lot of these, if you watch them, uh, not dubbed, but watch them with the the, um, the subtitles, it doesn't take away anything from the action. It doesn't take away anything from the film. In fact, I think it adds to it. 
but some people won't look past it same way they won't look past a black and white movie or, or things like that but certainly this one is is worth a view it's not as good as the first one but it is a it's 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 not it's not a bad film and deserves probably its place i've i've never seen it i've never watched it at all um to honest with you it it, it uh, well i knew of it i knew of the rec films but they never appealed to me but just listening to what you you guys have said, and and I have recently watched the trailer. Um, it it will go in the list of things to watch. Um, but yeah, this that list is growing. Uh, well, we've got sixty to go through. So. Loads to watch. Yeah, we have got well, tons. Well, I think, like I said, I'm going thumbs up on this one. Yeah. I'm going to go that. Uh, well, that. As well. Yeah, in the middle. That's a nice fifty-fifty one, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So moving on. Number 49, with 43 points, Serpent and the Rainbow. We have next in the chart at number 49, with a fairly respectable 43 points, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Uh, Now, I actually haven't seen this, uh, so I'm defaulting back to my little uh, database of information. Uh, An anthropologist goes to Haiti after hearing rumours about a drug being used by black magic practitioners to turn people into zombies. This is a 1988 film, and it gets a respectable six and a half out of ten. Who has seen this? I have. I have. I have. I didn't. Have. I didn't it's always got a different view. So I'll. I'll that... go on, go yeah, on. yeah. Let Let me take this one. This is a masterpiece of 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 creating brown trousers. Okay, this film will mess. <laughs> this film will mess you up. That should be the tagline. Okay. Um, when I was when I was a kid, aged ten years old. Um, when we had VHS recorders, the big clunky ones, top loaders, um, this film ended up in my house via my brother, hidden behind the gas meter. And yeah, I know, tell me, and me being the one up latest and up earliest, um, bags of energy, I decided to watch it. And I'll tell you now, the cover alone, when I saw it, I put it straight back behind the gas meter. Bill Pullman pulling his way out of the coffin was a freaking scary image. Okay. So straight away, that poster popped. And this is in a time when horror movie posters shouldn't pop or scare you. This did. I eventually watched it over two sittings because it was so damn scary. That film messed me up as a kid. And I remember watching Nightmare on Elm Street thinking, yeah, claws. Yeah. Burnt face. It's got nothing on that. It genuinely was. And and now I'm much later in life. Uh, Bill Pullman was incredibly versatile when he was younger for what he did in that movie. I thought, even though it didn't have huge budgets, I thought it was a really well-written film and just a great horror, scary film. So, loved it. Alan, I'm going to let you... I just want to let Alan uh, give us his synopsis, but I just wanted to throw there, because I didn't believe that I'd miss this. It's a uh, Wes Craven film, which I didn't realise. It is one of Wes Craven's less known movies. So, what can you tell us, Alan? Uh, So, certainly... um... I think Paul's described the film extremely well from his point of view, but it is actually based on a true story. Oh, wow. Um, and the, the quest was for a, um, not a zombifying drug, but a drug that could anaesthetise or put people under when they want to have, you know, medical operations and that. So from that point of view, we've got a, a true, truish sort of story. So the anthropologists that did go out there had similar experiences to Paul, Bill Pullman um again zombies this time are via voodoo again rather than irradiation or anything like that so there's definitely a voodoo master in charge of the zombies so again they're menacing 
shambling through the the, the um, jungle attacking people, you know, but um, all good fun. And, you know, I think probably the most horrible scene in that is when Bill Pullman is with the Haitian special policeman who devises a very nasty torture for him involving a stool, a hammer and some nails. And I'll, I'll tell you what happens, but it's just no. absolutely horrible. Uh, no one can see why Paul's bother hid it behind the gas meter now. Yeah. Oh, my old man would have beat the hell out of him. He <laughs> did anyway, but uh, who cares? I watched this back in the late 80s, early 90s when it first came out, and I just didn't like it. I had a different experience, obviously, Paul. But because, you know, as we discussed in the past, is that you watch a film as a teenager or even in your early 20s, and you have a different way of looking at a film than what you do at our nice grand ages now mm. of 21. But um, you see it in a different way. So I think that although I feel this film is definitely this, from listening to Paul and, and how it affected him, I'll have to revisit this film again and look at it from from a new set, a new way, a fresh way. And hopefully that will turn to at least that. But at the moment, be totally honest, I just didn't get it. I didn't like it. I, I just didn't connect with it. And I think the reason for that was because I was looking for something more traditional zombie. And this was completely different, wasn't it? It's a completely different film to that. Yeah. So yeah. mixed bag there. Uh, just being West Craven, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm going middle and I'm going to want to want to go and see it. I'm guessing Paul and Alan are going to be thumbs up. And oh, then massive. Massive thumbs up. up. If, if I can just add as well, I, I thought when I f first saw this list, I looked at films like Last Man on Earth and I, I saw that and I thought to myself, I'm probably not going to enjoy these, how wrong I was. And and you're right, Marcus, going back in time, 20 years, if I would have watched Last Man on Earth 20 years ago as a young man, I would have probably gone, hmm. I it. now I just think it's a masterpiece. I just think they're, they're great. And, and this one is a, definitely a classic scare movie. You don't have to watch it repeatedly, but it is a... It will mess your head up, definitely. It's a cracking movie. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's on Prime. I'm not not clear whether that's for free or not, but it's definitely on Prime. No, I don't think it is. Free. Oh, is it? Uh, I will, yeah, it's it's there. Definitely, guys, you know, check it out. I know I will be. So, moving on. Number forty-eight with forty-four points. Night of the Comet. We have at number forty-eight with a very respectable forty-four points. Night of the Comet, which again, I'm afraid to say I haven't seen. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of watching after this list. I think this is one of the great benefits of this, getting all the fans to think together. So I'm defaulting back to my uh, encyclopedia of movies. Uh, a comet wipes out most of life on Earth, leaving two valley girls fighting against cannibal zombies and a sinister group of scientists. Well, I'm sold all ready. <laughs> Cali girls, cannibal zombies, sinister scientists. I'm sold. So this is on my list. Anybody seen this? Yeah, I have, Colin. Uh, Great, Alan. Again, it's one of those typical 80s teens in peril type movie. Um, two very attractive valley girls, as you said, um, in this world full of zombies, basically. Um, some good little scares in there. You know, we've got a, a zombie motorcycle cop in there. Who the girls approach from the from the rear, thinking he's going to save them, turns round and obviously gives them the fright of their life. <laughs> and again, he is actually on the cover of, of yeah. the, the um, release, you know, with the comet behind him. So you know exactly what you're getting, basically. Um, again, it's one of those ones you sit down with the popcorn, have a beer, 
put your feet up and just go for the ride. It's great fun. Brilliant. Well, budget on it, a 1984 film, and it's had like less than three quarters of a million dollar budget, but it made 14 and a half million dollars. Yeah. I think that's why in the mid 80s, there were so many horror films made because they could be made with a relatively small budget and they yeah. all well, very they, rich, did they not make a profit? Yeah, but they know what target they're going for, basically, you know, so again, a good teen popcorn movie, basically. What's its rating? So it scores a pretty respectable 6.4 out of 10, which, you know, I think that's, and that's off of 18,000 votes. So that's by no means, you know, just a few mates kind of logging in and giving it a good go. That's that's a good uh, good fan base. Uh, like you say, mid-80s, and that's an era for me is always going to bear good fruit. It's just nothing bad to come out of the 80s, or at least very little. Uh, based on what I know, uh, I will be definitely be giving it a sideways thumbs with a with making the effort to see. It got forty four yeah, points, but I'm yeah. I'm definitely going to give it that with a view to going like that because it does look like a cracking piece of eighties Americana. Yes, I would agree with that. So, moving on. Number forty seven with forty five points: Cockneys versus Zombies. We have a film now. This may require a little bit of explanation for people not from the UK, so we'll go there. But this is uh, in at number 47 with 45 points Cockneys versus Zombies. If there was 49 people that could explain a movie, Paul just did it. <laughs> yes. As, as a North Londoner, I, by the way, I'm not an East Ender, as a North Londoner, this is a, an offence on everything that is East London because. Um, East Landians far trashier than what they portray in this. No, I'm only joking. No. Um, this film is rubbish. I watched it. Um, <laughs> it's utter crap. Um, it failed. But but let's balance it out. It's it does got have two right there, isn't it? Michelle Ryan, Zoe Slater from EastEnders. So it literally um, might as well. They could have renamed it Zombies Invade EastEnders, yeah. um, which is lovely on the ice. Lovely lady, great actress, bionic woman, EastEnders, all sorts. Very versatile. And it's got Bricktop in it, Alan Ford. Hey, now, that yeah, is the only reason I watched it, because the trailer is his best one-liners. Yeah. He oh. does steal the film. And, he, you know, he's the main he character. Steal the and he steals it all by himself. It is a throwaway type movie. It panned at the box office. I mean, it, it, it made like $110,000. It was really poor. It didn't. Yeah, they spent a lot of money advertising it on the side of London buses and everything, and it tanked. So it investors lost a lot and lost a lot of money. No. And you can pick these up, Blu-rays and DVDs, very, very cheaply. And I'm sure it's on some sort of format to watch it. And I think it's one of those ones, if you're bored and you've exhausted all the other movies that we're going to talk about, it's one you can go and visit. But it's it's a, it is, I think it's the best way to describe it. It's a throwaway film. It's one that you can... Yeah, it's the sort that you only play to someone who's in a coma in the hope that they may be so annoyed, they would wake up and switch it off. So in, in there, there are some people in excess of 18,000 of them who've, gone on to IMDb and voted this uh, some no doubt agree with Paul and some are probably on the other end of the spectrum it does balance it out to a 6 out of 10 uh, which is not completely yeah, unrespectable me. have you seen it Alan? not at all and um, based on the synopsis I wouldn't want to see it oh, to be honest it's rubbish. I think it's probably yeah. more of a, a general film rather than a genre film by the sound of it it that's is a general where, film that's, yeah. that's trying to dine off of that um, uh, Guy Ritchie atmosphere and yeah. zombies and trying to mix it up. Yeah. The one thing I will yeah. say, though, is 
Honor oh, Blackman's in it, um, Richard Briers. So there's some classic Richard British Bryce. iconic actors yeah, to, to really give strength to this young team of the ones who are kicking the asses of the zombies. But there's something about it that's there's almost a Shaun of the Dead vibe in there as well. I, I think they try and that. pinch it. You know who else it, in it? Sorry, Paul. You know who else is in this, Alan? Dudley Sutton is in there as well. Oh, yeah. Dudley. Yes. Dudley. I mean, the basic storyline is that these, these people, we don't know what, I can't remember if they, we know why the zombie apocalypse kicks off, but they're holed up in an old people's home. Hence why you've got all these classic actors and actresses that they brought along to be the people that were living in this old people's home and they're trying to fend off the zombies away from the old people's home. And it, it, it yeah, just for some reason or another, great actors and actresses, but the, it just doesn't work. So I haven't seen this and I have, like Alan, been avoiding it. I, I just thought it was like a cash in on the whole, like you said, Guy Ritchie slash zombie thing. 2012 would be around about the time that that sort of stuff was influencing, I guess, other movie makers. So I have actually avoided this. So based on that and uh, what I've heard tonight, I'm going thumbs down. But I don't know if I'm being harsh. Is anybody else going to Yeah, I think want to chip in? Just yeah, on my personal all... opinion, it'll be that, yeah. <laughs> Definitely Double thumbs down, down for me. me. I can't even be bothered to put my hands up. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it's pretty. It's it's an affront to Monashiri, and I'm stunned that some of the movies we've talked about. This is ahead of them. It's, yeah, um, yeah. I think that that's the first shock of the the um, list, really, isn't it? But you know what? It, it, it's like anything. You know, an opinion is an opinion, isn't it? And we've we've yeah. given the people the opportunity to vote for a film, and you know, and that's what's great about the people that have. Mm the opportunity to give a said top 20 and the people that have put it in there they obviously like that film it obviously reaches out to them they've got to tell us i know paul's going to say this they've got to reach out to us haven't they paul and tell us yeah what. They, they do but i will say this the one i can understand why people have liked it because when you sit down to watch it you're so excited to see these two genres collide to be honest with you it's like jason versus freddie everyone was so excited then they watched it and they were like hmm but it sounds okay. like they split the atom and got a high, you know, a release of shit. Yes, um, potentially. But the thing is, it is still a romp because they're bank robbers trying yeah. to escape a bank robbery. Oh, so there is some okay. story mm. to it. It just doesn't work. And maybe it's because Alan Ford steals the movie or it's just not enough storyline to explain where the zombies come from. There's just not enough in there. Maybe it's one of the films that if they did a two and a half hour direct cut, it could redeem itself with proper narrative explanation. Establishing yeah. the characters, yeah, absolutely. But well, as it stands, don't uh, die with this film with your expectations or everybody's expectations being low when they actually watch it, it'll probably be a nice surprise, yeah. Yes, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that totally. Well, there are some fans out there that like it, and you probably haven't said this enough yet. If you're watching this and you've got a view, stick it in the comments below because we love to have these sorts of debates. Moving on. Number 46, with 46 points, White Zombie. We now have a film that uh, is probably going to be slightly more respected, I should think. Uh, it's number 46 in our list. It scored 46 points, oddly enough, and it is White Zombie. Now, again, I have to shame myself into admitting I have not seen this, uh, so I'll give us the quick synopsis. Uh, a young man turns to a witch doctor to lure the woman he loves away from her fiancé, but instead turns her into a zombie slave. Now, Alan, I'm thinking you may have seen this. Alan's going to help us out with this, hopefully. I've, I've, it's one that I've seen many, many, many years ago. So um, 
again, I think it follows the classic Hollywood story of, you know, a love triangle, basically. And, you know, um, very, very slow moving, um, quite atmospheric. And again, you know, probably one of those films that would influence things to come, basically. Um, obviously, your main draw in that is Bela Lugosi. Um, and again, from what I remember, it was an enjoyable film, but, you know, certainly of a 30 style movie. So it's more slower paced than we think. Um, and except nowadays. It looks uh, like it's included with your prime subscription, if you have such a subscription. Yeah. Uh, 6.3. Uh, definitely worth a watch, I'd say. 6.3 off nearly 10,000 votes, so pretty respectable. Uh, yep, I, I'm, I'm going to be adding it, I think, to my list. Uh, Marcus, Scott, uh, Paul, you got any views? I haven't seen it. I know it had a $50,000 budget, so I don't know whether that was good for 932. I don't know. I think from when I discussed it with Alan, I think Alan reckoned that was probably... I think that's pretty substantial, Marcus, for the 30s. For yeah. the time, for the time. And like, uh, uh, you know, um, Alan was saying, you know, uh, Lucy, I'm probably saying that completely wrong. You know, having a name like that in the film was probably a big deal, or that we recognise that these days. But, you know, I haven't seen it. I don't think I'm going to see it, uh, just because I think there's so many others in this list that are going to take priority over it. Um, but it, it's you know it's, it's it's rated number forty five in this yeah. this uh, forty six it's number forty six in this chart. So people do care about it. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I'm probably I'll be, I'll be upfront. My knowledge of Bella Lugosi rather shamedly comes from Tim Burton's Edward film. That is my that is my source of Bella Lugosi, and it should be more. And I appreciate it all. But looking here, it looks like he did walk into this straight from the set of uh, the Dracula movies because he seems yeah. to be looking exactly the same. So I think there was maybe an attempt to cash in on the popularity of those, maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, definitely, definitely going to try to find uh, 90 minutes to give that a view because it looks like it's certainly worth at least that. Uh, so a thumbs diag uh, across for me. Uh, people are sort of gonna give it a go maybe not give it a go right so moving on number 45 with 52 points zombie holocaust we now come to number 45 in the list uh, starting to get a little bit serious now a bit of a points gap as well we jump into the 50s this film got 52 points and it is zombie holocaust uh, which I believe is our first foray into the Euro-Italian horror world. Indeed. Uh, now, I'm going to hand over to our resident expert, Mr Hall, for this one, because I know you've seen this, haven't you, Alan? I have indeed. It's a firm favourite, um, which I actually put at number eight in my list. Um, again, this is um, Italian film industry moving on from greatest hits. So this is essentially the bastard love child of Cannibal Holocaust and Zombie Flesh Eaters. <laughs> and you can take care from that what you will, basically. <laughs> uh, but, Love it. Um, again, it features Ian McCulloch as well as Nero, who ends up on an island in, on a quest. Um, his party then come across cannibals, who then proceed to chase them across the jungle, do horrible things to some of the ladies, and then they run into Dr. Butcher, uh -oh. which gives it the US title, Dr. Butcher Medical Deviant. 
<laughs> I was going to ask you about that, Alan, because I know it had a second name. And yeah, you... Exactly. And it had such a lovely ad campaign. Um, I've got a vomit bag from the film, which says, <laughs> Warning, may induce vomiting. And uh, hey. yeah. um, so that's the sort of um, market they were going for. But um, obviously, Dr. Butcher is taking cannibals, doing something to them, and they're turning into zombies. So halfway through the film, you get this weird left turn of the cannibals being the, the um, evil doers. And then all of a sudden the zombies come along. And of course, you get the classic face off between the zombies and the cannibals. Oh, awesome. And how much intestine can that give you? Loads, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so absolutely recommended as a, a totally insane Italian movie. There you We're go. watching that when this lockdown's finished, Alan, at your place. Definitely, definitely watching yeah. that. Well, I must say, it's available on Amazon, which is good. Uh, and just in reference to one of Alan's points, the uh, my uh, encyclopedia I've got here does uh, allow me to see not just a screenshot, but I think what would have been a DVD cover or some sort of release poster. And it is absolutely bonkers. It's it's the Doctor Butcher MD, like you said. And I love that the MD is medical deviant. That's brilliant. Yes. I love that little twist. Uh, and and it looks like it's definitely one to catch. I'm definitely going to be making an effort to uh, to see this. Uh, any of you guys going to be getting it on your list? I think I saw it, but it was so many years ago that you sort of think, did I see that? Did I? Because obviously back in the eighties, when you see the typical Romero zombie films you kind of then go searching for some of the other zombie films that are out there and this was one i think i stumbled across and went oh mm -hmm. <laughs> i wasn't sure about what was going on but i think again looking with older eyes later and you can appreciate that the uh the romp that it will take you on um is well worth it it, it certainly isn't high art but it is a fun romp without a doubt good yeah. and like it number 45 there you go yeah. Right, moving on. Number 44, with 56 points, The Battery. We have a film. Uh, this may be a first in that it uh, had something to do with Netflix. I may or may not be right on that, but that seems to be something I remember about it. We have uh, The Battery at number 44. 56 points so definitely respectable now again i haven't seen this uh it's a 2012 movie uh hanging around the six and a half mark from a decent number of votes uh looks like it's a bit of a twist on the genre because this is not a not a not a form formula that i'm familiar with uh the the personalities of two former baseball players clash as they traverse the rural backroads of a post-plague New Zealand, teeming with the undead. Uh, any of you guys familiar with this? The page, nah. when we debated about the top whatever films, a couple of people started to talk about this film, and I sort of was reading these points of view and a couple of people said oh you've got the battery in your in your top 20 great film i think it's not seen by enough people and i remember it clearly and i thought i need to check this out so i recently watched the first 15 minutes of it i didn't get a chance to watch any more of it not because i was enjoying it it's just because I just didn't get a chance but i've seen the trailer it's very low budget about six thousand dollars i think it took to make it so it's again made on a shoestring the jury's out. I can't make a judgment on watching 15 minutes. 
the bits I did see, it was a little slow. You could see that it was, how can I say after 15 minutes? It seemed a bit slow and you could see it was made on that budget, but it's got potential. And when people say, look, give it a chance, you've got to give it a chance. It's about an hour and 44 minute film and it's on Amazon Prime. Yep, 6,000 budget is, I can confirm that. And yes, it is. If you watch to hand over uh, £2 and 50 pennies, which is pretty reasonable, you can see it on, on Amazon. Uh, I, I think I'm going to check it out because uh, the low budget is always a bit of an attraction for me. And it seems to come at it from a very different different uh, perspective. These these two guys seem to have to maybe battle amongst themselves as well as a horde of undead. I did catch the trailer for this, and there were certainly some interesting scenes where they are cowering and hiding in a vehicle of some sort, right? Absolutely surrounded by hundreds of the undead. So it'd be interesting to see how that developed and how they got out of that if they got out of it. So, so I'm definitely going to get it on my list to watch. Uh, anyone else looking to do that? Um, this oh, is going to be at the end of, of my list. Yeah. Sounds very different. I think it's a. Uh, it's that with a view that. that it goes yeah. back, and I'm going to finish watching it. I'm definitely going to finish watching it. So, moving on. Number 43 with 57 points alive. We have the next film in our list at number 43. Uh, Scoring a very respectable 57 points. Uh, and I know I'm going to be handing over the baton briefly to Mr. Lewis here because he's a fan of this one. This is Alive. Uh, and no, this is not the plane crash in the mountains where they have to eat each other to survive. This is yeah. a very, very recent uh, zombie film that Marcus is going to tell us about. Uh, it's called Hashtag Alive. Um, it's the latest film to come out of Korea hot on the heels of Train to Busan, that smash hit that was Train to Busan. It is, I think, a really good movie. Um, there's been some negativity towards it because some people are comparing it to The Night Eats the World, which is, if you haven't seen that, it didn't make the top 60. In fact, it wasn't a film that got voted on. It was a French film called The Night Eats the World, which is actually not a bad film at all. Um, but for me, what I loved about this film was that it had so many tip of a hat and nod a wink to so many of our favorite horror zombie horror films um it definitely had a really good uh, dawn of the dead um tribute where he goes gets into this other apartment searching for food um and he comes across this can of spam i mean it's just so obvious <laughs> a dawn of the dead thing but it's not just that one there are lots there was a tribute to 20 if i remember rightly 28 days later and a number of other uh zombie or infection type movies um it's about a young man who we don't know why he's alone in the flat something to do with his parents or his family are away he's in this a block of uh, an apartment block and the zombie apocalypse hits and he's the one person that does as he's told from the television you know is stay at home secure your property and you know listen to the news and there is a tribute to i think to david crawford in there when he's listening to the television and they're talking about what's going on and what to do i loved all of that and then it's the typical he's a youngster i'm gonna guess that he's early 20s 18 and he's not really thinking about his food he's not really thinking about his drink and all of a sudden he starts to think about it and he starts to worry about where he's going to get his food from and where he's going to get the drink from 
The zombies are fast moving as they are in Train to Busan. I don't think that should put anybody off whether you like them or not. It's a really good movie. And it's about how he uh, tries to survive this, hence the name Alive. And then across the apartment block from him is a woman that's surviving in another apartment. And they try to work together to survive this zombie apocalypse. And there's some lovely little twists and turns in the storyline. Yes, there's a couple of little scenes in there where you go, nah, that's never gonna happen. But it's entertaining. There's that element of claustrophobia because he's stuck in the apartment and then obviously getting out and trying to go from one apartment to the other or even another block to the other um, makes it very interesting. So I think people should give it a chance. Colin said to me a little while ago, it's a new film, you know, 2020, and it's all at number 43. That ain't bad going. You know, it hasn't That's had chance, has it? It hasn't had the chance to build up the fan base that Train to Busan or any of these other films we've been talking about. It's really new and it's out on Netflix. Definitely worth a view. Please tell me you three you're gonna watch it if you haven't already. I have seen I this. Am now. Yeah, I I have seen this. I think what you said, Marcus, is right and bang on. I agree. And yet there are plenty of nice little nods in there. All I'll add uh, is what is what little bit of twist it brings for me is that it's it's set present day. So the guy, ha and because the guy's quite young, obviously, he has a lot of the technology, the social media, the drones, uh, and, and other technology at his fingertips, you know, the 24-hour the news. Uh, so that adds a, a little bit of a different... Uh, angle to it as well and, and I'm a big yeah I mean I'm a big lover of Far East cinema big love obviously of the zombie movies this brings them together yes the zombies are fast moving and I know not everyone's gonna like that yes it's subtitles but don't let these put you off this this is a good movie I agree don't ever let subtitles put you off nah. it's so worth watching well, what do you think Alan Paul well, I will certainly seek this one out I've not seen it but um any of the um asian stuff so it sounds definitely right on my street yeah i agree i i, I this is definitely going on my list of stuff to watch as well be interesting to see how many of the little tributes you spot i spotted loads i mean it's like anything if you're looking for them you'll see them but I, they're, they're there this, yeah. this, is like, this film is made by real fans they love the genre and it's splashed all over the screen the way they make the film yeah, well, for me, it's thumbs up. I guess Marcus is probably there as well. And hopefully you guys can, can bring, us that, <laughs> yeah. bring that to the table. Yeah. All right, moving on. Number 42 with 67 points, Tombs of the Blind Dead. At number 42 in our list, uh, with a very respectable, quite a big jump in points now. We're getting serious. We've gone from 57 points from Alive to now 67 points. So we're starting to separate the weak from the chaff maybe now, as we get a bit more serious. We have Tombs of the Blind Dead. Uh, now, again, as is unfortunate with some of these older films, I haven't seen it. Nor have I. Uh, I'll, I'll give you my little synopsis, and then I think we're going to hand over to our resident experts. Uh, in the 13th century, there existed a legion of evil knights known as the Templars, who quested for eternal life by drinking human blood and committing sacrifices executed for their unholy... Let me stop then. Unholy deeds. Doesn't matter. Sign me up. It sounds amazing. Great fun. <laughs> <laughs> the, I haven't even finished the synopsis yet, and he's in. The Templars 
bodies were left out for the crows to peck out their eyes. Now in modern-day Portugal, a group of people stumble on the Templars' abandoned monastery, reviving their rotting corpses to terrorise the land. I've got to say I'm in. After reading that synopsis, I'm in. I know Alan's going to give us the real meat on the bone, but Paul, you watched the trailer to this and your reaction was priceless. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it, looks, it looks insanely brilliant and proper scary and... Yeah, it, it looks definitely like a classic that you're just going to enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, the Collins right, you know, the Templars were very, very evil back in the day. Loved the blood sacrifices. In the later films, we see that in far more detail. Uh, but obviously, this is the introduction story. Um, and it starts off with two girls and uh, a man going on a train journey. Halfway through the train journey, one of the girls decides she doesn't want to be with the other two for sexual reasons basically and jumps off the train and runs towards this mon uh, ruined monastery which again is fantastic in its um depiction you know massive great big columns um walkways you know arches the whole lot but ruined obviously so she settles down for the night and obviously at this point we start to get the very weird music that accompanies this film but again it's very very eerie it's um moans, groans, screams to a, a pounding bass drum, essentially. And um, we first get a, a glimpse that something's adrift is when the tombstone slides back and the skeletal hand comes out. And slowly but surely we start to see the Knights Templars arise. Again, okay, all shot in slow motion, so you're getting this weird otherworldly feel to it. Um, and obviously, the key to these guys is obviously because they've had their eyes pecked out, they can't see. Mm. So they hunt by sound. So they find this girl who then screams. So, of course, they all zero in on her. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and um, she's found in the field the day later with about 400 bite marks on her, basically. Mm. So they've actually. Oh, survive, no. Uh oh. No. Now, obviously, our two other heroes get back to. Madrid, or wherever this is set, it's obviously set in Spain or Portugal, as Colin said, and decide to go back hunting for us. They pick up two other people and go back to find out what's going on. Of course, they arrive at the temple just as the sun's going down. So again, we hear that pounding beat, signs uh, and groans, and the Templars rise again. Now, the other cool thing about this is the Templars have undead horses as well. So, again, you know, they're skeletal. <laughs> and they just decimate this party, basically. Um, cracking film. Um, one person does actually survive, gets on the train that we see at the beginning of the film, but the Templars join them. So when they actually arrive at the station, the Templars flood out and um, butcher everybody on the station and that's the end of the film basically so it's one of those really lovely bleak 70s movies basically you know yeah, that's bleak. Really well if you, uh, if you the need... woman that does survive is absolutely traumatized you know to, to, be, to an inch of a life basically um say three more sequels everyone as good as the other absolutely recommended well just Spanish film, I believe, and it sounds like a photo shoot for Flo if you ever find the locations. Oh, definitely. You know, she's seen that and she said, yeah, we definitely want to go and see that. 
Sounds great. I, I'm along with Paul and, and probably what Colin's feeling is that it's one of those films that you think probably you don't want to see it, but you just have to see it. Yeah, I, I think the barrier is, you know, it is Spanish, it's yeah. subtitled. Well, you know, well, I'll say this it might much. Be a bit more slower paced than you're used to in the zombie movie. The trailers I've seen have, have been dubbed. So you're saying that there are two versions, that there's one where it's subtitled and there's one where it's dubbed. Uh, certainly the, co the copy I've got is subtitles. Um, Dubbing so, is not uh, the movie. Doesn't spoil it at all. Not, it? At all, not at all. Uh, again, just, just go with the ride. Take it as it comes. It's slow. It's atmospheric. It's got build-up. It's brilliant, you know, and the Templars are a, a fantastic creation, you know, skeletal monks, basically, well, that fight people to death. Well, I'm definitely prepared to jump on. They've got the, the Reapers from, haven't they? The, the guys with all the black outfits on riding the, the horses. You know? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. who knows? Well, well I'm definitely uh, going to try to jump in on this uh, for, for two reasons. I'm just looking at a bit of a gallery of screenshots. There, there seems to be a definite... Uh, decent proportion of bikini action which oh, is definitely, definitely. well yes uh, and it looks like i mean alan referred to the three sequels it looks like they released uh maybe a four disc box set or some sort of box set yep. that's in a looks like a uh kind of coffin it looks a like coffin. they're having a yes. lot of fun with this film and with it's an released on the front as well yes. yeah that's right yeah yeah great fun so, alan's so probably friends with some of them that made the film i expect yeah, I, I'm friends with Lon Fleming, who's the lead character in that. Yes, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So I'm going for the sideways edging towards going up. I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be that. Yeah. I'm going two thumbs for this one because I love really? it so much. Well, there it you go. My number four in my top twenty. Well, we're going to be watching out in the uh, all household very soon. So there's going to be a bit of a watch party around Alan's. I think mm. when yeah. we're all allowed to leave our oh. horror movies. Here we come. All right, moving on. Number 41, with 68 points, Survival of the Dead. So, number 41 in the list uh, is tough for me. I, I'm honoured and privileged to uh, be able to announce the first entry from George A. Romero, uh, obviously a, a very, very uh, big favourite here at the Outlaws and uh, obviously a weekend of the dead. Uh, but I'm a bit torn because this isn't far from my favourite. So at number 41, with a very respectable 68 points, is Survival of the Dead. Now, of course, like I imagine all of us, I have seen this. I'm just going to say I don't like it and leave it there. I'm going to hand it over to you guys to, to give us a bit more detail. Paul, do you want to go? I haven't, I haven't seen it. But oh, you I haven't seen it yet? I own it. So I've, I've taken the plunge and purchased many, many Romero films. And this is on my list of things to watch. Um, I'm hoping for good things, but I don't want to go into my ramble about I wish there was a golden thread between all the Romero zombie movies. Um, I think that ship's definitely passed. Um, but it would I'm, I'm going to go with open, open eyes and hopefully it's I a good old zombie flick. So I respect that position completely. Uh, I'll quickly read us out the little synopsis and then I'll hand over to uh, the other guy. So this is set on an island off the coast of North America, Delaware, I believe, if such an island ex exists. Local residents simultaneously fight a zombie epidemic while hoping for a cure to return their undead relatives back to their human state. That's, that's a bit of a poor synopsis, really. It doesn't really paint the whole picture. Uh, Marcus, Alan, do you want to give us a bit more meat on those bones? 
I um I so wanted to I mean obviously I love Romero and I love the film we all do don't we and I wanted to love this film I so wanted to love this film and there are moments in the film where you go got it he's nailed it it's brilliant and there are other moments where you're just like no no and I'll give you an example there were and it's very close points in the movie there's a bit in the movie where uh, the army are turning up to, or the army guys are turning up at this uh, port area to get on a ferry to get across to this island. What island? Any island. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, they're met by this Irish family that have been banished uh, from the island. Sounds complicated, I know. And there's sort of a bit of a face-off going on. And there's a bit where a grenade or a bomb or whatever gets thrown at this bar of this the shed where they're all fighting from and it blows the front of the shed away and they're just stood there with about four or five characters with blackened faces the took faces yeah it was like why would you do that it would just looked ridiculous yeah. and yet on the flip side of the coin there's a lovely moment where one of the characters knocks on the door of the same shed and and opens the door up and then hands one of the zombies a, like a load of dynamite and the zombie looks and goes and then it just blows up and it was great i like that i liked but the, the it reminded me of the three stooges or whatever you wanted to call it it yeah. just it didn't work and it was too silly and there was lots of moments in the film that were silly and i just wish that it wasn't like that there were there were too many moments like that that made it not work it just didn't work Alan? Yeah, um, I echo really what Marcus has said, you know, um, really wanted to like it. Uh, to me, I think it's, you know, quite a sad ending to the Romero zombie story, basically, mm. you know. I would like to have seen it gone out on a high. Agreed. At best, I think it's, you know, going out on a very low-key ending, essentially. So, yeah. um, you know, it's one of those could have been, but wasn't for me, unfortunately. As, as, as far as the six movie kind of canon goes, you, you, you're right, it is the end. And it is unfortunate that it's not the uh, uh, crescendo we would all have liked. Uh, like you, Marcus, I've got my annoyances around. I hadn't actually picked up on that kind of Three Stooges element at, at the start. I actually don't mind the start, you know, the journey from, uh, you know, escaping the zombie horde and going to the island. I, I don't actually mind because it's... You know, you've got the army, so they're armed to the back teeth and it's kind of dark and, you know, they they don't all get on. So that helps. Uh, I struggle when they get to the island because, you know, uh, you've got zombies riding horses and yeah. this, the, these, work. you know, these two families that absolutely, I mean, it's clear they absolutely hate each other. They're not just picking different sides of how to deal with the zombies. They absolutely hate each other. I like, well, what are you doing on the same bloody island anyway then? You know, I mean, oh, it's just, you know. It doesn't work. To me, it was like one of these old 1930s westerns where the Roberts and the Smiths have this kind of, you know, generational feud and the people forget what even the feud was about in the first place. And I just thought that was a weird place to go. Uh, just picking up on one of Alan's points about the, about, you know, sort of bringing the story to a close. Uh, if you are... Uh, like-minded enough to read a book obviously we've got daniel krauss's the living dead which does attempt to bring the story full circle i mean it's not linked to any of the films but it does take the zombie apocalypse from the start all the way through to the end and you know there's there's massive time jumps towards the end of the book it goes forward five and 
15 years so you, you so that may be uh give some solace to to fans that didn't didn't appreciate how how the films came to a closure but uh but that survival of the dead uh, the first romero in our uh top 60 i'm sure there will be many many more uh and on that note we shall move on i think the final point on it was normally the fans are the gauge for this now there's been a not bad points in this chart but the budget for it was about four million dollars and it didn't even make half a million it didn't even make four hundred thousand sorry um so it kind of it didn't i think it went straight to blu-ray dvd it didn't even get a cinema release out of it i think it kind of reflected really how how that film was viewed but there are fans out there that really love this film it's made the list so yeah and it's entitled to make the list no one's knocking it it's just not it's just the weakest of a of a extremely strong bunch of films that's a good one isn't it guys we're going to end this podcast here we're around the 90 minute mark anyway ish um so that's been our our first 20 19 of of the top 60 and um there's been quite an interesting few because i've got about 13 of those movies to watch okay. i'm sure that list will get smaller as we go on um but we got any any final thought yeah we'll get bigger any final thoughts before we go into the next uh, uh podcast for the next this, batch this is probably a bit probably a bit preliminary but i just want to give a shout out and a thank you to everyone who voted because uh, it's helped us to uh, understand exactly what the what the fan favorites are and i'm looking forward to talking about the next uh, 40 or so films and i want to give a shout out to the person that did the stats for me regarding the date of the film how much it made and all that stuff you know who you are thank you very much thank you awesome so on that um gents i'm going to thank you very much for everyone watching thank you for listening or thank you for watching and on behalf of the weekend of the dead team and the outlaws of horror we're out of here see you next one stay tuned avid viewers for part two coming soon